Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm very excited to be joined by Amber Reynolds today. She is one of my favorite IG foster mamas and friends on the gram. Um, Thank you, Amber, for being here. Of course, I'm excited. So I, like, first and foremost, just need to say that I love all of your reels and all of the things (laughs) that you share, and I just love the way that you share it. You're so, like, this is it. Like, I just spit the truth, and this is how it's going to, like... I think it's so refreshing in the world of foster care to just have someone show up so honestly. So thank you for that. (laughs) Of course. Yes. I, uh, first born in Enneagram eight. So there's no chance of me sugarcoating anything when it comes to anything I'm passionate about, which of course is foster care. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's a good thing. Actually, two of my best friends are Enneagram eights and I'm a two and I just feel like it just works so well. I'm like, I always find myself seriously. I'm like, I'm just in awe of you Enneagram eight. (laughs) My sister is my best friend and she's a two. And we always say we work so well together because we both need that. I need her softer side and she needs my spirit. So yes. <laughs> it works out. It's so good. I love it. Well, let's talk about foster care. Let's talk about how you and your family got started fostering. Yeah. So my husband and I have been married for almost nine years and I have always had a desire and a passion for as long as I can remember for foster care. I grew up in the city of St. Louis with several friends that were in and out of foster care. So I um, had a very personal experience with foster care from a young age and experiencing my youth pastor and people in my life go to bat for these kids that didn't have a lot of people advocating for them. So I've always known that that was something important to me. My husband didn't really even know that foster care existed until we were in college. And um, so after we got married, we actually went through about, gosh, I guess three years of infertility testing and treatment before the Lord finally placed on his heart to start into foster care. It was always kind of something that we were going to do. We were just really young and starting out and getting our place and and trying to start a family. And, you know, I was very patient and I think that he would say I was patient and not trying to badger, but constantly like leaving books around Mm -hmm. about foster care and listening to podcasts in the car about foster care and the Lord softened his heart and in, of course, in the Lord's timing. And it was perfect timing, obviously, because that's how God works. But we ended up moving seven times in the first three years of our marriage. And that would have not been good to start in foster care that way. So once we finally bought our family farm here up in Northern Illinois, we went through the process and actually got licensed pretty quick and had our first placement in August of 2017. Okay. So now that you're settled and you're fostering, (laughs) you're decided, okay, we got our first placement. Now what, what is that? What did that entail for you guys? How many kiddos have you had in your home and what does the family look like right now? Yeah. So we have, we started with respite and we bought a big old farmhouse. So it's way more home than I ever imagined. I grew up in 900 square feet with four siblings. So like I could have never imagined the big, beautiful farmhouse we now own, but we bought it with the intention of fostering siblings 
uh, that was really important to me to keep siblings together. And so our first placement was only for about eight weeks. And then in um, September of 2017, we uh, received a placement of three biological siblings. They were two, 14 months and seven weeks at the time. So we, we, we went from having no kiddos to having three in diapers and three in cribs and three nonverbals. Um, our oldest wasn't speaking. The 14 month old had never had solid food. Like we went, we went from basically having three babies. <laughs> um, and so we, yep. So September, 2017, and it was a long, hard three and a half years and January of last year we adopted. So that was just man, the things we learned in those three and a half years, the Lord has been faithful um, and provided, but it has been, it was an uphill battle the entire way. Um, We were able to build a really good relationship with one of their bio family members and really fought hard for unification. And in the end, we were able to give them a forever lasting permanent home, which we were so thankful for. Um, Since then, we've had two other little babies kind of come and go. And since our adoption was finalized, we've kind of taken a break here with placements and we've done some respite and kept our home open and, and, um, able to, to provide care and wrap around for families, which I'm also very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that is amazing. So you just, you said it was just the one year anniversary of the adoption yes. last month. Wow. Did you guys, were you able to kind of commemorate that as a family in any way? And what do you guys do? What did, what did you do? Yeah. So for our adoption day on our adoption day at the courthouse, it was still pretty COVID E <laughs> January of 21. And, but we were able to have permission to have any immediate family there. So um, both sets of grandparents and all of our siblings were able to be there for the actual adoption um, in the courthouse. And then we threw a huge party mm-hmm. and the kids going into it, I asked the kids what they wanted to do, like for adoption, how are we going to celebrate? What do we want to do? And all of them wanted a donut party. So we made that happen. So we had a huge donut wall and hot chocolate and we did all donuts for the part. Everything was donut themed and Adeline had a little donut dress and it was very cute. Then, so for adoption, we did donuts and, and kind of every year we're going to kind of take their lead on how they want to, to celebrate and how they want to commemorate that. Every adoptee processes that differently, and I'm trying to do a good job of listening to the voices of adoptees that have gone before us, but Mm -hmm. also knowing that because everyone processes differently, my children are going to process differently and kind of be respectful of that. So, Mm -hmm. of course, they're young and and still take cues from everything's exciting (laughs) to them. So they are six, five, and four right now. We're getting ready to go into birthday season where we'll be seven, six, and five. But so this year we did donuts and and got to all celebrate. My husband's in school and working full-time as a paramedic right now. So um, we don't have a lot of days together. So that was just special, you know, celebrating together as a family with donuts and, and remembering all of the people that loved them. And then were able to come, people traveled from gosh, 20 plus hours away to celebrate with us for that weekend. And, and it's special for them to remember how loved they are by all these other adults. Yeah, that's amazing. That's such a good reminder for everyone just to celebrate that love of, of family is so special. 
Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. I do want to ask you, because you brought up a really good point. I think this is something that I have struggled with in the past too, having adopted out of foster care is that, you know, yes, it's so important that we inform ourselves as much as possible with, you know, former foster youth voices and adoptee voices, but also that nuance of that every child will have it, uh, a different experience. I actually have a post in my Instagram drafts that I've had forever but afraid to push like play on because it's like, or push post on is like, you have no idea how your adopted child is going to feel about being adopted because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like we don't. So it's good to listen to those voices, but um, Amber, how do you foresee this road ahead with young children who have been adopted? What are you kind of thinking about as you go forward? You said taking the lead from them. What's that going to look like for you? Yeah. So part of my personal story is that I grew up with trauma. I grew up with a dad that struggled with addiction and we grew up in that environment from the time I was a teenager on. And I have three younger siblings. And when my youngest sibling was seven, my dad ended his life. And so we walked that trauma road. So at the time we were, I don't, it was six years ago. So at that time, you know, we were in our early twenties, teens and elementary school. And all of us in the past six years have processed that extremely different, even though we all grew up in the exact same parental environment. And so I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what that looks like for my kids experiencing the very same trauma. They grew up in the same home until they were placed with us. We were their first foster placement and then they'll grow up in the same home altogether, but knowing that they'll experience and the way that they process is going to be different. And so I, I'm kind of taking the lead with how my siblings and I have been affected and how, how we've experienced the pain differently and how we process it. And, you know, one of my siblings wants to talk about our dad all the time. And one of my siblings, it's very hurtful to bring up memories. And, and so I'm, but we're all able to still, we all still have that connection. And so I'm hoping that as we're able to foster like a place of love and openness and where we talk about all the time, it's not, it's not irregular to talk about adoption and foster care and our kids' biological family every single day at every single meal at every, because I want them to be able to feel like if they can trust me with these kind of things when they're little, that they can still trust me and bring me things when it's harder, when they're older. Yeah, that's huge. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really grateful for your vulnerability there and just your, you know, your leadership and how to walk through this unknown uncharted territory. And I think it's such a good reminder that, you know, we can read the books and we should, and we should listen to people and we should do, we can do all the things. But sometimes I think there's this like invisible checklist in our minds as adoptive or, or foster parents. That's like, if I do all these things, it will equate to everything's cool and everyone loves me and I didn't do anything wrong. You're not going to resent me or be mad at me or be angry. And yeah. just isn't, that's just not life. <laughs> I think it's also good to remember that angry voices are always going to be the loudest voices. Mm-hmm. So I always, I, I work with teenagers and I work a lot with kids going into colleges and picking colleges. And what I always say is every college 
is going to be about the same. It's about the experience that you make it. Because if you read the reviews, the angry voices are going to be louder, right? Like how often do you go to a store or a restaurant and you have like a fine experience and you go and write a review and be like, it was a fine experience, four stars. (laughs) No, you have a terrible experience. You have a bug in your food and you get on Yelp and you say one star, this was terrible. Everything's terrible. Um, So those voices come through the loudest. What we need to remember is that for every angry, loud adult experiencing trauma in their way, you also have 20 of us like me who I've experienced deep hurt and trauma, but I'm probably not being loud about all of the negative experiences that I've experienced and felt because I've had an outlet because I've had people listening to me because I'm in a lot of therapy because, you know, and so I think that it's good for foster parents to remember that, yeah, there's a lot of people on Instagram writing books that are probably very angry, but, and that's their experience and that's their right. And that's what they've experienced, but that isn't necessarily going to be your child's story. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Such a good, such a good analogy. I love that. And I really want to talk about mental health because you talk about mental health and that to me is just so beautiful as a, as a human, as a mom, just to show up and as a foster mom, to be able to say an adoptive mom, to be able to say, you know, here's my struggles sometimes and in these areas of mental health. And why did you decide to start sharing that on social media and how has that experience been for you? Yeah. So, uh, I am a very strange eight on the Enneagram because eights tend to have a hard time of vulnerability. And I tend to say every single thing that's in my brain. I learned recently that there is a thing, such thing as uh, internal processors. I do not have one. (laughs) I, (laughs) I speak everything out loud. So it was very easy for me to kind of translate that from everyone around me, knowing what's going on in my life to then sharing with the internet. Uh, I think also the fact that I am very new to where we live. And so a majority of my friends and family live hundreds or thousands of miles away from me. And so instead of sharing with everyone, which gets exhausting, I I just use my platform and then everyone knows what's going on. Even my own family, my husband jokes that if he wants to know what's happening with my life, he has to get on Instagram and watch my stories. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. So I just... I knew that I have had, um, I've struggled with mental health for about 12 years. And I know that there are times when I have felt so extremely lonely and isolated. And for somebody that's an extreme extrovert and life of the party and always surrounded by people, it's, it's very hard to explain how, even in the moments when I was playing college basketball, I lived in a house with you know, 14 other girls. And yet at that time I was so lonely and isolated. And then again, as a foster mom, like, Ooh, if you don't get it, you don't get it. And so your community becomes so small when you're in the trenches with tiny little foster babies or foster teens, or, you know, you don't get it unless you get it. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that there were enough voices using my voice to be able to say like, Hey, I get it you feel lonely, you feel isolated, you aren't 
there are ways to connect and and through some of the silly reels like I like to use the humor sometimes to deflect I know your therapy therapy <laughs> brain's like okay Amber stop with the humor you're deflecting that's um, so funny because I love your humor and I love it like every time I see it I'm like girl this is spot on yeah I'm more of a consumer of content just uh-huh because it's good. I yes. love it. <laughs> yes. My therapist will be like, mm, buzz. That's a deflection. Stop joking. But it has started a lot of really good conversations, good conversations, even just this week of, I've been talking a little bit about postpartum depression in foster and adoptive placements. And like, I have had dozens of direct messages of mom saying like, holy cow, I gained 30 pounds and I've lost a ton of friends and I didn't even realize why I was acting like that. This makes a lot of sense. And that is really what I want my platform to be able to say is like, Hey, I've been there. This is what I'm feeling. And this is what I figured out because sometimes you don't even know that you need mental health meds, or you don't even know that you need therapy or the doctor or to talk through it with your spouse, because you just feel like this is something I'm dealing with. This is something that's happening. And so I'm hoping that by saying this is real. Like what you're experiencing is not all in your head. Cause I felt like that too. Like maybe I'm just making this up. Like, is this really like, you know, then so in order to hopefully vocalize, I know what you're feeling. I've been there. Let's talk about next steps. So I've been able to get people plugged in with community and help. And it's important for me, for people to not feel alone if they don't have to. Yes. That's so huge. I think when you show up and when you're willing to show up vulnerably on social media, obviously it can be a can of worms sometimes, but so much of the time, I feel like the benefits outweigh the cons because you are really just letting people see a little snippet of themselves in you and your story. And that is so powerful. And I think that's one of the best ways we can use social media is to share a little bit of our story and, and even, you know, the hard parts, the parts that are tender, it's hard to show yeah. up those vulnerably, but to be able to give that gift to other people, it's, it's really important, especially as foster moms that we're not alone. This isn't an yeah. unusual thing. We just don't talk about it enough. Right. And I think it's, it's the same talking about mental health is the same about talking about foster care because it's being a voice for the voiceless. Yeah. Like I, there are most of my friends are introverts. Most of my friends are shy and would not get in front of their entire college and, you know, do a speech. That's me. That is the gift and ability that God has given me. And I feel like if I'm not using this talent to be a voice for the voiceless, then what am I doing? You know, I, I, when God gives you ability, when God gives you a talent and you don't use it, that is like a slap in the face to his creation. Mm. And so because I have the ability, because I have the talent, I'm able to say like, Hey, and that's, that's why it's fun. Sometimes I get in a conversation with my friends and maybe it's not something that I've experienced or I'm feeling, but then I'm able to post about it and talk about it. And then other people feel it. And then I can connect them with each other. And it's just, it's been a very, very fun way for me to be able to help people in a, in a little, little, my little corner of the internet. (laughs) Mm, Well, I love your corner of the internet. It's so fun and refreshing (laughs) and just 
the way that you show up again, so honestly, and so, I mean, just so authentically you, it seems, um, I think that is a huge gift for other people, whether it's something funny or something serious. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I want people to be able to connect with you on online. So is Instagram the best place to do that? Yep. On Instagram, I'm at it's Amber Reynolds. And that's really where I spend most of my time. I think I have tried on multiple occasions to be multiple places, but I realize I can't do everything well and have three to five children and two dogs <laughs> and a farm and a business and work at high school that you just can't do it all. So I have one Instagram account now that I run and, uh, that's the only place that I will, even my family will send me DMS on Instagram because they know I'll answer that quicker than a text. Same. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I know I sometimes feel bad, but I'm also like exactly what you said. I, don't actually have the bandwidth, like update 60 people or 30 people with this yep. life thing that happens. So I'm just going to put it here and you're mm -hmm. welcome to view it when you view it. <laughs> right. Exactly. What's going on? I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. I feel like this is, I feel like we're going to have to do another one of these sometime because you're just <laughs> so full of good wisdom and encouragement. So I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to see all of, hear all of the things in the future. I love listening to the podcast.